0: You're listening to the Homeschooling Families Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome! Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. Over the last few weeks, we've discussed the one why Christian families should have and how that big why impacts their decision to homeschool. Then we discussed why homeschooling works, and the response to that episode has been amazing. If you missed either of those conversations, I hope you'll take the time to catch up soon. I think you'll find them really encouraging for you and that they'll help you refocus as you get into the middle of the semester. This week, we're going to look at a couple of the hindrances many families allow to hold them back from truly fulfilling their mission. These common mindset issues were common in Jesus's day and we'll still see them tripping people up today I believe this will be a really helpful conversation. First, I wanna make sure that you know about our upcoming launch party. It's happening on Tuesday, October 25th, and you do not want to miss it. We'll be making announcement about who's coming and what you can expect with our big events next year, as well as giving away some amazing prizes. You can enter to win our grand prize right now as you start making your plans to join us there. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash launch party to get complete details and sign up now. As we always have, we'll be offering a huge discount on tickets after that event for all who join us there. So not only will you have a lot of fun and have the chance to win some awesome prizes, but you'll also get an amazing deal on tickets to what we believe will be the best event for your family. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash launch party now to sign up, get more details, and start joining the fun. Today's podcast is sponsored by AOP. Forty five years ago, AOP began its mission to educate, inspire, and change lives through curriculum that promotes academic excellence and Christian values. Today, they're proud to be a part of the homeschool journey and countless memories for thousands of families. Discover the benefits of a Christian homeschool education and learn more about AOP's award-winning homeschool options today at aop.com or call them at 1-800-622-3070. Again, you can get more information at aop.com or give them a call at 1-800-622-3070. I just put the finishing touches on a new book called Homeschool for the Heart that details what heart schooling, as we like to call how we homeschooled, and what that looks like in action, as well as how families can be transformed when they employ that method of homeschooling. Throughout that book, I lay out biblical principles and practical examples of what our mission is as parents and how homeschooling can be a great tool to work that out. I am super excited for you to read it because I truly believe that you'll find a lot of information there that will be incredibly helpful and will support what a lot of you have been doing, even if you haven't thought about why or how to express it. Lord willing, that will be available to you within the next couple of weeks. In one of the chapters, I point to a story that appears in several Gospels where Jesus tells the disciples to let the children come to me and do not hinder them. We get a pretty good action statement straight from Jesus there, don't we, David?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, one of the things about that story is that when you look at it, uh, I think the context of that story, you look at Mark 9 and there's uh, uh, kind of scenes on either side of it. and. Again, when you look at it, what you realize is, is that there were uh, some people that the disciples were letting in and there were some that they were not letting in.
0: But there was always, as we're reading about Jesus throughout the Gospels... And, and as he is living his life, we always see this incredible amount of activity, always people around, always a lot of distractions, a lot going on. And so I think that as we look, like you were noting a minute ago, as we look at how he spent his time, who he engaged with and that kind of thing, there's an awful lot we can learn there.
1: Well, and, and I think that... Um... Uh, when you a, again, it's really important to remember when you look at the story is, is that they had uh, the disciples had kind of become crowd control at this yeah. point. There was so much activity around him, and I, I, I think of, when I think about that, I think often about you know our lives right now because we have so much that is going on. We can't fit what we want to do in a single day, and we are just assaulted on every side with stuff. And some of it is really important. Others, you know, it's just not so important, but we kind of raise it to a level where it it has a platform in our life that it really doesn't deserve. And so there's just so much that we are dealing with in our lives. And so you have these disciples, Jesus is coming through a city, as happened often around Galilee, especially. And there are people that are pressing in around him. Yeah. And the uh, disciples are becoming this crowd control. And um, they are making decisions with every single person that wants to come to Jesus or is pressing in or is trying to get to him. The disciples are making this decision. Should I let them in? Should I not let them in? Who should I let in? And it is instructive who the disciples let in to talk to Jesus just as much as it is who he didn't let in to talk to Jesus. so
0: Well, yeah. And to to, again, kind of double back to setting the stage for this, Jesus specifically told them to suffer the little children, bring the little children to me and do not hinder them because they were being hindered. The parents were being pushed away, told not to bother Jesus with their children. And Jesus said, no these parents are doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing. And the disciples were kind of missing the boat on that. But I think that as you look at what's around this account, this story, what was going on, you see some ways that I think a lot of us are tending to miss the boat on that.
1: Yeah. And the so the, the children at this time, and these could have been children of all ages. It didn't just have to be babies. It could have been, you know, middle school age. It could have been, you know, what we call teenagers today. It The, the, the children were not really seen at this time by the disciples as important, mm-hmm. right? They were not, they were stopped. The parents were stopped. And uh, in the story, um, Jesus gets really angry at them. I mean, the way that it is described in our Bible, the way it's is translated is he was indignant. I mean, he was, he was, it was hot anger. And, um, so you look at that and you say, okay, uh, uh, the, Jesus got angry at the disciples because they stopped the parents from bringing their children. And we are instructed in that verse Bring the little children to me. And we take that in terms of heart schooling. We take that as our mission. Bring the children to Jesus Christ. What brings our children to Jesus Christ the best? We were to to create a question out of that. We were to create like a filter. What brings my children to Jesus Christ the best? When I'm trying to make a decision, what brings my children to Jesus Christ the best? But when we flip around and we look at this from another side, who did the disciples allow in to um, talk to Jesus Christ, to get to Jesus Christ? In Mark, I think it's Mark 10, Mm -hmm. there's actually stories. This story of bring the children to Jesus Christ is sandwiched in between two other stories. And we're not really told, did this happen all at the same time? Did this happen? We're not told necessarily, did this happen over a particular, you know, how long of a time period? All we know is, is that we're looking at this story. We're looking at this set of stories. And on either side of the children, you know, bring the children to me. On either side, you have the Pharisees on one side. And the Pharisees are allowed to get to Jesus Christ. And what did the Pharisees do when they got to Jesus Christ? They started trying to trip him up on a question regarding divorce, which we don't need to get into all of the questions regarding. We don't need to get into that. The point is, is that they allowed the Pharisees to get to Jesus Christ. These were the religious leaders of the time. These were the people that were seen as extremely important to the disciples. They were worthy, more so than the children and the parents, they were worthy of getting to Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees were stuck on this idea of, of, of religious tradition. They had broken down the pursuit and the religion and in, in the um, uh, uh relationship with the Lord into do's and don'ts. And they had gotten really specific on this kind of stuff, right? You have, you know, they had defined what work was. If you walk a certain period, you know, distance, it's work. If you don't walk a certain distance, it's not work. And they had broken it all down into all of these religious do's and don'ts. And I think that we can learn something from this. Mm -hmm. Because this is a tendency that we have today. Because when we start talking about um, going to church, we start talking about religion. When we say, as Teach Them Dilly, you and I, we start talking about discipleship and passing your faith down to your kids. Many of us, many parents that may be listening, they define that as a list of do's and don'ts. They define that as what they need to, you know, a list of do's and don'ts. They need to, they, they, they um, define that as um, um, tradition. Right. Right. We have these tendencies to fall into What does it mean to be a Christian today? And we define it as we got to wear the right clothes. We got to do the certain things at church. We got to um, always skip the the third. We got to say the right things. We always have to skip the third verse when we're singing hymns. You know, (laughs) we have these things that we pass down to our kids as a list of do's and don'ts. And we kind of skip over this element of, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has to be the center of everything that you do. What does that mean? What does it mean to share the gospel with somebody else? What does it mean to be a Christian? Compassion, love for other people. We skip over those kind of things and we get into this list of do's and don'ts.
0: Well, when we're going for do's and don'ts, when we are Pharisaical, when we are we are legalistic in the way that we are approaching our relationship with Jesus. And again, to, to make sure that we're, you know, kind of staying on this track, looking at how the Pharisees were keeping the children away, but they were letting this, this legalism, this Pharisaic uh, mindset into Jesus when we allow that in our families, we are not going for the hearts of our children. We are instead giving them this box or this list of checks and balances to, to live up to. What we've got to do as we're positioning a relationship with Jesus with our children is help them understand that what's in their heart is going to boil out. And what is truly Um, valid, what is is actually explanatory about their relationship with Jesus and how well they know him is going to show on the outside. You don't start from the outside and work your way in because that is shallow. That is hollow. That actually burns bridges, that, that creates wedges, it provokes your children to wrath, it does all of these really, really bad things, and it is such a hindrance to fulfilling our mission of bringing our children to Him.
1: Yeah, and so, and again, to kind of circle back around to this and put this in context, what we're talking about today is we're talking about these hindrances, which really are these tendencies, these 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 these, these tendencies that we fall into. And so we're talking about bringing your children to Jesus Christ. And then what we're saying is, is that these two elements on either side of this story, they actually lay out these tendencies that we have as parents, as ministerial leaders, and you can actually apply this, truth in a lot of different areas, but especially parenting. And so rather than bring your children to Jesus Christ, you sway into this tendency to break your relationship with Jesus Christ and your kids' relationship with Jesus Christ down to a list of superficial do's and don'ts. And we, as parents, and I'm talking about me and you, Leslie, we believe in standards. We have no trouble with standards. Matter of fact, we did a podcast on standards and the importance of having standards in your home. And you got to have boundaries. You have to have rules. You have to have discipline. But you don't want to break down, hey, I'm bringing my children to Jesus Christ because I am presenting a list of do's and don'ts. You don't want to break your child's relationship with Jesus Christ down to just a list of do's and don'ts. It's much deeper than that.
0: Well, and and that is another way where you'll find that parents are going for the head of the child rather than the heart. They Um, you, You we talk to families a lot who grew up in an environment like this where it was very, very set in the way that your outward behavior should be to the to the exception of actually the heart. And the 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 those that come out of that have a lot of a lot of things to work through in their own relationship with Jesus. Um, And so we want to make sure that in every way that we are going for the heart of our child, that we are teaching them to love, first of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's part of our teach them diligently directive. Then from that, you're going to see all of these other things overflow. But we also have to remember that there is a maturity that comes and, and so when we just give our children this list of things to do or don't, they can always do that. That's super easy to comply with, but we're not giving them a foundation that as they mature and they grow and they start walking on their own, that they actually have a foundation for why they're doing those things, which are great things, but we can't skip over the relationship and the foundation that will give them you know, something solid to stand on. So they don't walk away from the faith, so they, they don't leave Jesus and and all of these great things behind because they never really knew him. They just acted like someone should who is in church.
1: That's right. I mean, and so uh, these, re- these Pharisees, they were religious leaders, and the disciples were allowing them in to talk to Jesus Christ. They, the Pharisees were not interested in truth. They were interested in their position. They were interested in their status They were interested in actually tripping up Jesus on the finer points of the law of Moses. In this particular case, they were trying to trip him up on marriage and divorce, and they were really trying to get into this, and Jesus got really impatient with them, as he did often, right? You remember where uh, uh, the Pharisees were asking the disciples why they didn't wash before they, they ate, right? And Jesus actually said, it's not the things from without that defile you, it's the things from within. And that's kind of what we're trying to to lean into here, is that as parents, you need to think about the heart of your child over the things that they do. Now, there are things that they do that will indicate to you what is inside of their heart. One of the things that I used to always pay attention to is I used to pay attention to whether or not the children were actually singing in church. I would watch and see if they're singing. Now, they can sing and they can fake it. But to me, that was an indication of where their heart was. And so my point, though, is that you should not raise what they do on a superficial level. And break down their relationship with Jesus Christ into this list of do's and don'ts, and you have these checkboxes. Right? And so that's one of the tendencies that we have.
0: Well, and it's one of the hindrances truly, because that's right. because when we focus on these things that are lesser, they are they are things that come, that should be a natural overflow, not the starting point. For a believer, um, when we focus on those, we are actually being a distraction to tr- truly helping our children develop a relationship with with Jesus, which is our calling. And we should we should be bringing them to His feet, helping them get to know Him, stand in awe of Him, and grow to love Him on their own, so that they will serve Him all their days. So, this legalism is truly a hindrance to bringing our children to Christ. But what do we see on the other side? So on the
1: other side, you have the story of the rich young ruler, right? And so the disciples, not only did they allow the Pharisees to actually get to Jesus Christ, but on the other side, they allowed this rich young ruler to get to Jesus Christ. And as I imagine this scene, I'm imagining that this rich young ruler probably started to approach Jesus Christ with a lot of pomp and circumstance. I'm thinking he's not by himself. He probably has people with him that are actually making a way through the crowd. He probably dresses very different from the other people that were trying to get to Jesus Christ. He probably carried himself very different from the way the other people carried themselves that were trying to get to Jesus Christ. And they allowed him in. And I think this is another tendency that we have as parents is that we think of success we don't think of my child is living for Jesus Christ. They think of it, success as my child has a big house, you know, or, or you know, when they get older, they, they have a big house. They have a nice car. They um, when, when we start thinking about what they are going to major in in college, we start actually pushing them towards things that we feel like that they can actually do very well in. When they get older, we actually, um, as parents, we actually derive a sense of accomplishment from the success that we see that our children have, financial success. Well,
0: and it even starts before that. You know, I have um, actually, over the last two days, I have had either had conversations with or talked to someone else about a conversation they had with. Um about two specific things that really show up and can be a hindrance in this way, the first thing was seeking success in some of the the extracurricular activities that are so important to families today. They are prioritizing sports they are prioritizing all of these other activities over um even the you know kind of the baseline going to church worshipping with with your friends and and being involved in things that are truly important they are stretching themselves so thin to chase these dreams these things that would make them successful or give them prominence and they you know, speaking with someone who's just bemoaning what that decision has cost them yesterday. On the other side of that, I was talking to someone about a group of business leaders who are getting together. They are having a prayer meeting. They are truly involved in in trying to, to win people now, but they were all speaking of just their grief in having lost their, you know, so many of their children have walked away because they prioritize this success through the years over actually investing in the relationships with their children, and and this just shows up in so many many ways when we allow this hindrance of seeking lesser things of of going after things that are not the heart of our child, not pointing them to Jesus, and allowing those to trip them trip us up trip our children up and to truly keep them from Jesus rather than bringing them to him.
1: Yeah, I mean and as you remember the story, this element of of this rich young ruler having success actually became a hindrance to him right. following Jesus. Right. Because the Bible actually says he walked away, he was sad, and it said because he had a lot of possessions, he was not willing to give them up. And um it became a hindrance to him actually coming to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually see in these two cases, these are actually the two main tendencies that we have. As parents, right, when we visualize success, um, we have a tendency to actually sway in these two directions. One of them is this superficial list of religious do's and don'ts. We break our faith and we break our religious practice down to this list of do's and don'ts. And as parents, we say, we've done a good job when my child does this. And it's a list of superficial do's and don'ts, right? They listen to the right kind of music. They, um, they wear the right kind of thing to church. And again, I'm not trying to get into an argument with anybody here about, having certain standards on what you wear to church. What I'm saying is, is that your child could wear something different from what you instruct them and still have a very strong relationship with Jesus Christ, and you would be a success as a parent.
0: Well, and it comes down so often to... What are we modeling? You know, we, we lose sight of that sometimes. As parents, we have the great privilege of living in such a way that we are reproducing who we are. We talk about this all yeah. the time. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. With both of these hindrances, whether it is this legalism, this pharisaic mindset, or it is this chasing after success and looking at very superficial, very big things that can trip us up what are we modeling for our children? What are we showing them as the priority? How are we growing? What are we we prioritizing in relationships, both with other people as well as with the Lord and within our family? What are we sacrificing in order to go after these other things? And those are questions that I think everyone needs to really wrestle with so that we can make sure we're not being a hindrance to bringing our children to Jesus in these ways.
1: Yes, and I think that, these are the two main ways that we end up actually failing in this way, mm-hmm. is that we actually get stuck in this idea of financial success, or we get in this stuck in this idea of this superficial legalistic, you know, uh, uh, pharisaism. And we actually fall into these two areas. And I think that we need to actually take notice of this because at the end of the day, what you're commanded to do is you're commanded to bring your children to Jesus Christ. And if you say, okay, I am commanded to bring my children to Jesus Christ, what does that look like? I would encourage you to kind of build that out, Mm -hmm. right? And how are you modeling that? Because in our own homes, we become really judgmental of other people based off of this list of do's and don'ts that we have. We need to be really careful with that because you're modeling that with your kids. On the other end, we become very enamored with big houses, big cars, not that there's anything wrong with having a house that has some size to it, but if that is your sole definition of success And that becomes an idol to you. You're modeling that to your kids. And I'm telling you, your kids are very susceptible to paying attention to those things. Mm -hmm. And these are the tendencies that we have. And people fall into these all the time. Parents fall into it and they're trying to carry their children into this legalism. Or they fall into it carrying their children into this definition of success that they have. And they completely miss carrying their children to Jesus Christ That's right. and we need to actually take very strong notice of this these are the two main errors that we have and we do the same thing in ministry we do the same thing in schools we do the same thing in society the way society talks and we do the same thing in our homes and we need to be really um sensitive to actually falling into these two tendencies. Yeah. Because this is going to become hindrances to you, obstacles to you actually bringing your children to Jesus Christ. And in some cases, some of the young people that fall into the category of leaving the church, once they leave the home, it's usually these two things.
0: It's often, yeah, very often. That become
1: these a catalyst for that is that they're either going to follow this success Mm -hmm. or they get angry at their parents over some element of a do and don't and they just get angry and they end up walking away. If this is the way you define a life with Jesus Christ, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And they walk away from it. And so that's the reason why we wanted to bring these things out is that we are kind of, preaching on this idea of bring your children to Jesus Christ. And you need to have this filter of uh, this question that becomes a filter. What brings my children to Jesus Christ the best? You need to actually look at everything in your life as a parent. And you need to evaluate things based off of this idea. Okay. And these two things actually become these hindrances that people sway into and they're very easy to fall into and so we want to bring these out for people to actually be able to look at
0: yeah absolutely so um Just sounding the alarm today about some hindrances that can really trip you up as a family. Um, Don't allow yourself to fall into this uh, chasing after do's and don'ts, this pharisaicalism, this outward, outward focus, but also don't go chasing lesser things. Don't make your priorities in line with something that you believe will bring success or larger lights or whatever it is, more fame, more popularity. There's a lot of ways that you can just have the wrong priorities on both of those sides when And really what we're told to do is to bring our children to Jesus and invest the time intentionally to just lay them at his feet, teach them by example, how to love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then grow together to become more like him serving as you go. So I hope that this has been an encouragement to you um, and that it's given you something to think about, to evaluate the things that you are prioritizing in your life. Um, And I pray that neither of these hindrances are actually definitive of decisions that you're making. Want to remind you about our upcoming launch party. It'll be happening on October 25th at nine o'clock. We'll be doing it on Facebook. We've got all kinds of fun stuff planned. So make sure you go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash launch party, sign up today, get registered to win that grand prize, and then just plan to come out and join us. We're going to play some games. We're going to have some great announcements. It's going to be so much fun, Um, so I can't wait to see you there. And then um, if you are in the San Diego area or if you're in Washington, D.C., We are knocking on the door of our first event out in California ever. It'll be happening this Saturday. Um, So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to learn about those upcoming events. Saturday, October 22nd is our event in San Diego, California. And then Saturday, November 5th will be in Washington, D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. So David and I would love to meet you there. We'd love to talk to you, hear your stories, and spend a little bit of time with you there. So have a wonderful wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently.